The winter winds are blowing. They certainly are. And I think the biggest question that came out of last week's episode pertains specifically to the winds. The winds. And the question is, of course, who ripped a juicy one at the small okay. council meeting? Was it no. Mr. L? Uh, yeah, Mr. Pycelle? <laughs> like, uh... Oh, my lord, you were very large. Welcome to Game of Owns. No joke is to, uh... Beneath us, <laughs> Captain, what, Farty Pants? Grand Maester Farty Pants. Grand Maester, oh, sorry. <laughs> thank you, sorry, thank I got you it wrong. very much. I think yeah. it's okay for us to talk about. This is Oathbreaker Part 2, and they put it into the episode. Mm-hmm. Someone sound designed that sound. That yeah. Grand Maester Pycelle. Yeah, no, that's on them. That's on them. <laughs> it is on them. Is that, so the, uh, take it is up that with, the first, like, toilet yeah. humor for the show to use? Did no. they ever? I, Does I can't the imagine. horse count? Or and every other thing else. Okay, the horse on counts. The, <laughs> the horse counts. The Tywin Lannister is more of a book thing, okay? Um, but, well, these uh, are all book things. Let's. Yeah. No, it was, it was kind of a, a moment of, of high pitched tension. <laughs> Can I tell you that I didn't even notice it the first time I watched it? I referenced it in the last episode, yeah. guys. Yeah. yeah. No, no like one the... said anything. Well, Zach, uh, you. you... Asked the question to us. Did you notice that little squeak? <laughs> that little pop? It was that, a sound. Uh, that happened. Yeah. And we yeah. were all just, ah, I don't know. But then going through all these owns, many people referenced that. So, so yeah. many really, owns uh, I got to go back and listen. Gee, yeah. How many yeah. owns can that little sound, that gift of, of the sound department? <laughs> well, so the first time I watched it, I didn't notice it. But the second time I watched it, I did not you miss it. You at can all. never not Loud notice clear. it now. Right. <laughs> like that Moving was the forward. only part of the scene that I could pay attention to. Let us take this opportunity to talk about this, you know, because I, I have a feeling that season six is going to be. You know how like we could be talking about uh, the fact that the Tower of Joy happened, even though we we already have, or that we just saw Sam and Gilly in a boat, not in the north, but heading south. There are plenty of other monumental things to talk about. Like for example, we learned about Varys's little birds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Let's take a break. <laughs> well, we can go to Tyburn's Candy Corner later on. Oh, in the thank you. <laughs> three it's now Q's. Facebook okay. official. The three Qs. I'm going to update the uh, the header image still a little bit more. I'm not satisfied with it. Go for it. I saw that a listener of ours actually created their own Kyburn's Candy Corner, so we have rival candy corners spelled the, the same way. Oh, we're going to fuck their shit up. You guys, we're going to break <laughs> yeah. in Do not to cross their Eric. candy yeah. corner. <laughs> This is like Good Burger and Mondo Burger, okay? We're going to crush you. Wait, are we Mondo Burger? Because I don't want to be Mondo Burger. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you for joining us again. This is This is week three as uh, as the fatigue of being so heavily. I mean, we're always heavily induced. Those loyal listeners who follow us year round and us who haven't stopped doing this for over 320 something episodes. Has the uh, fatigue set in at all? We're, you know, deep into week three. I feel like we're still in good spirits. I mean, I I, I wasn't going to tell you this uh, early, but I replaced the satchel, the own satchel with a, a whoopee satchel uh, mm. today. Mm. So we're going to have around. a lot of high pitched surprises uh, a little later on when we get to the owns that you've all sent in this week. Can't wait. There's a lot of news to talk about, but. We could leave most of that out and just mention that uh, George R. R. Martin officially released a previously released, unofficially released chapter of The Winds of Winter. Well, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. And Dorne is finally good again. It's like a reminder that it actually matters in this Do you think that's why TV he did show. it? I, I would hope that that's <laughs> why he did it. Saving face. I like... would love it if that's why he did it. He was just like, hmm. 
let's not forget who's in charge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the chapter centers around one Ariane Martel, who I think a lot of people really love in the books. She's a character that uh, I know in just having conversation amongst us and with other people who are a fan of the series, they really, really do enjoy reading her. And I can't but help think this was, after what happened in the first episode of this season, a reminder to all of us as book readers that Dorne is still very much a factor in A Song of Ice and Fire. We don't know what direction it's going in with Alaria now kind of leading the charge. Jamie even referenced her in this past episode. Mm. So I might have to go back and give a reread to this chapter. Do you guys know there's a... Uh... <laughs> Did did you see there? There's a Kickstarter for uh for for it's called Fixing Dorn, mm. and uh, they want twenty million dollars to go reshoot um and adapt basically readapt Dorn. I just like the reminder that while the both stories are being told in a different way, they're both going to be distinctly different, and we're still going to get George R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire when we finally get to read Winds of Winter, and we're not just getting spoiled for everything with the show. Which I know that we kind of know that, but it's nice to be reminded of that. That, hey, there's still a lot of good stuff to be revealed in the books. So enjoy both mediums, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was on a phone call with our friend Brendan Blackfish talking about A Dance with Dragons. This was a handful of weeks ago. And he reminded me very subtly that there were sample chapters. There were actually full perspective point of view chapters released for the winds of winter and that's something that i had completely forgotten going uh transitioning from our unsullied portion uh, years of the show to uh where we are now and approaching a feast with dragons and i got this just huge rush of excitement knowing that there was more book to read and there's actually some book to read right now you never read them like that just never occurred to me until now yeah yeah and he sent me a uh, a Google Doc with all of the chapters organized together, and I'm still I'm I'm not sure what it is, but I'm, I'm waiting for the right time to read it. Right, no time like the present. That's true. I think that when we're done recording, I'm just gonna <laughs> yeah, sit down. I will say you'll probably find at least one of them very very familiar to a scene that we saw at the end of last season with Arya. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Well, that's exciting. So, Winds of Winter is coming eventually. George mentioned that the monkey on his back was growing. That sounds positive, that's progress, right? people. Yeah, and we're talking about this mid-Game of Thrones season. Eventually, we'll get them. And by them, I mean all of them together in one book. What that's a, a big book. <laughs> it does not open flat, Hannah. Yeah, that's going to be a problem for me. You've just got to stroke the spine. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so how many times have you guys watched the episode? Honestly, this time only twice. Uh, still just the once for me. I've watched it a couple times after the uh, initial airing Sunday night. Just like I said on Sunday, when I went to rewatch again, as soon as the Tower of Joy was over, I kind of just stopped caring about what happened in the rest of the episode. Which is really? Not the, yeah, which is not the best attitude to have. And I mean, it sounds like I didn't like it, but I will say I think a lot of great stuff happened in this episode, and I think a lot of important things happened. And of course, it's not going to be... Coming off of Jon Snow coming back to life, um, it's going to have to slow down a little bit. But I, I just wasn't as engaged this episode as I have been the first two. I think, though, any time that you go back and you do an episode rewatch, you get a deeper appreciation for the episode as a whole and the different pieces that made it up. And you said something that I agreed with, which is something I think a lot of people agreed with, that when you bring back 
a character, quite possibly the most central figure outside of Tyrion and Daenerys to this entire series in Jon Snow, it's a little bit difficult to live up to those expectations. But given what we got in this episode, in doing a rewatch a couple of times, I think that you do have that level of appreciation for the fact that we got to experience the Tower of Joy. We saw it on TV, something that we read about all the way back in the first book of this series. It was live, in person, on screen, Mm -hmm. and we, I mean, I know I took a lot away from it. Definitely. It feels like to me, this was, Oathbreaker was a a typical Game of Thrones episode, if that makes sense. But we've been feeling, if you look at the last handful of episodes we've watched, extending from the end of season five, in addition to the ones we've gotten from season six, those are just the new ones we've gotten in sequential order. They've, uh, one half was building up to the end of a season and the other half was building up to the resurrection of Jon Snow. So we've had a lot of, uh, a lot of motion, but we haven't had a lot of pieces being sort of reorganized. And I think that this episode did that. We, we have John mm-hmm. and I think that we're going to see season six sort of building to its own point as it was built into up until its second episode, which is something we didn't necessarily see coming. But I think it was a really interesting design because, you know, television seasons tend to do that. They tend to have a, a flow and, and they, they, they pick up and they pick up and then they, they, they fall. But this picked up very early on and not just because someone died in an interesting way, but just because the stuff that they were giving us was, was uh, so tasty and gratifying and big. And I think that's that was a pretty brave move. And I think that obviously it's by design of, of how good the story is. And I think we're, we're getting to the point where it's going to be difficult to avoid that breakup of normal flow because the stuff that's going to start happening is going to be just sort of epic in every way because we've whittled down to the important stuff and we're whittling down even further to the more important things. So I'm excited about it. I'm glad when the Tower of Joy uh, piece from the first book is, is, a, is a big part of the third episode and the fact that it's split and giving even more casual viewers a, a, a grander sense of what happens. And there's a lot of people out there that don't know about R plus L equals J and they're really curious about what was up in that tower, that sort of mystical, almost horror movie-like ominous shot of the tower when Ned looked up before he asked about his sister, I think. Chilled right. some people to the bone, you know? One thing that uh, I read about on Watchers was this interview that uh, Isaac Hempstead Wright did in when he talked about these dreams or these flashbacks of brands and how every one that he is going to have is meaningful. It's not just something that the producers of the show are going to do in a passing moment. It's it's integral to the plot moving forward. And this whole discussion around the space-time continuum, Mm -hmm. did Ned actually hear Bran? How powerful is Bran? Mm -hmm. Did did Ned, when he turned around, is the Three-Eyed Raven getting a little bit nervous about the type of power that Bran can actually wield. And that's why he's nervous about letting him see too much. Mm. Because I think the more and more that we experience visions that he's having, the better understanding we're going to get to exactly what type of power he has. And I think it's going to be absolutely instrumental to how the story plays itself out. I definitely think so. And that kind of makes me think about 
the implications of the Night's King touching Bran when he's in the midst of what we assume is one of his dreams. Um, I hadn't thought that that could be a thing or I mean it's an important moment but I think that the implications for that are oh, different yeah. to me now that Ned almost or did hear Bran in that moment and so um, it'll be interesting to see how that you're goes right. and you're so right out. well let the theories commence there are almost countless theories to how uh, this great greens here Brandon Stark uh, plays into history different points in history and yeah, I'm just like, yes, this is awesome, you know, because it's just, <laughs> just like so fulfilling. Uh, there's so many different elements of, of story of different stories that I like sort of all coming to a head. We got pirates. I just think about everything. I zoom out, especially after uh, getting deep into the, the available books and then uh, thinking about what's coming in the next two books. Like I, I'm excited because I know the books will even take it uh, further. Like Brand's even going to if he ends up doing what all of our thoughts could be be and I, I i it's it's difficult to even talk about it on a podcast because how do we talk about the possible ways that brand affecting the past does he affect the past was he just affecting the past how do we talk about what that could mean how do we even get into what he could eventually do it's well, crazy especially when that wasn't a question that was on any of our minds at least not on my mind until just a couple days no. ago yeah yeah we, we weren't prepared for it <laughs> um but but also like the more interesting scenes that he sees, the more interesting moments in history, uh, such as the Tower of Joy, of course, but the more interesting or the more personal they are, the more he's going to want to interact with them like that. So I, I like that idea and how you're suggesting, Mike, like the Three-Eyed Raven took him out of it because, you know, any further he would have actually changed something. It's um, it's only going to get worse, I think. I just want to toss one theory out there lightly just to offer a bit of perspective on the possibilities i've i've read a theory that bran stark could have been the reason that eris became the mad king why mm -hmm. he ended up going mad in the first place yes in what sense though something along the lines of communicating with him how that could do damage in the past if communicating with a sort of a, a ethereal being however he ends up manifesting maybe bram would try to change things or maybe he's trying to learn more yeah it's almost like bran drove the mad king mad right i think the idea if i remember correctly i brushed through this because i read it initially and was like this is dumb i'm not going to read it which is yeah. <laughs> probably not true um but something along the lines of bran in attempts to save his family from going to war essentially tries to change the course of things that are happening in King's Landing before Ned has a chance to go off to fight, thus driving the Mad King mad. Thus creating the opportunity for his family to be roasted in their armor in the first place. That's terrifying. Like the pitfalls of what he's doing could have consequences, and those consequences could have already happened. As the Three-Eyed Raven says, the past is already written, the ink is dry. Mm-hmm. The things that have happened could have, you know, possibly been been due to uh, his uh, rummaging about, but maybe that was that was always supposed to happen. It's interesting. Like, what if the Night's King touching Bran? Uh, what if I don't know? It's just strange. Like, what if there's some kind of relationship there, and uh, Bran is partially some of the reason why uh, all of all of this, all of these bad things have been happening, problems with with uh, with kingdoms and families and death and war. And what if that has something to do with 
the power behind those great others in the North. See, it's all it's all just fascinating. And we have, you know, books left to sort of dig into these things and, and seasons of television shows. That's cool. I think those are good questions to ask. And I think that we've been sort of asking them ourselves as we've gone through the books, just how Bran is going to use his power and whether he's going to be smart about it or whether he's going to use it for quote-unquote good or I mean he's young and he's got a little bit of training but we don't want his ego to get in the way which I think we saw a little bit this episode um so you're to your point yeah I mean I I think that anything is possible when Bran or us don't understand the full capabilities of of his magic right and even he doesn't understand the full capabilities and and I think that's what makes it or the blood raven either it's somebody's job to teach him, yeah, but like if the Blood Raven himself is surprised, then I guess he's off the hook. Good luck, Bran. <laughs> as, a t- as a teacher, yeah, because it's like you're, you're supposed to be reining this kid in. Like, you know, he's more powerful than maybe even you are. Like, be upfront with him. The king but is going to touch him, and it's going to just like <laughs> everything is just going to crumble. Bran going into the past, it has to have a greater device other than us revisiting things and learning more about those things. His power is going to play a part in his role unless he is killed violently. Right. And, you know, we Probably lose that possibility. I mean, and it's possible because no one man should have all that power, right? If Bran is able <laughs> yeah. to... I mean, there are so many possibilities of what he could do, like the Ghost crazy, Brand. crazy <laughs> shit that we were just talking about. Like, he could do that. So, you know what I mean? He could go back to, you know, he could do that. So maybe, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I like the speculating, though. But just the fact that we were able to go back to the tail end of Robert's Rebellion, Rhaegar is dead, and you have Ned, Howland Reed, and his boys walking up to the Tower of Joy, fighting Sir Arthur Dane, and that history, so much of what we talk about when we go through and we read these books is the context that you get for what has preceded where we are right now and to get to be able to see that on screen and to get the revelation that Helen Reed literally stabbed Arthur Dane in the back and saved Ned's ass. That's huge. I I think it says a lot about at least the way that the story has been passed down through generations in Westeros in terms of the fact that Ned had defeated Sir Arthur Dane. Well, defeated can take on many different contexts, right? Yeah. And Ned owes one to uh, to Howland, that's for sure. Well, he does say, I mean, he would have died if it wasn't for for Howland Reed. But there, I mean, for me, there was shock, wasn't it? Wasn't it the same for for you oh, watching yeah. how that played yeah. out? It's not like Ned literally, yeah, you know, pulled out ice and just cut down, you know, Sir Arthur Dane. He takes ice out of its display case and kills Arthur Dane with it. <laughs> He's like, I yeah. use this for beheadings and fighting Kingsguard members. How cool would it be if Bran, in return, gets to save Mira by sort of cheating? In a future battle? Yeah, like in a future fight. What if we get like... Then you'll know the debt is paid. Of, yeah, some kind of debt. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's just something that, from Sunday's episode, like another thing I'm not prepared to think about, Mira and Bran, not at the weirwood tree, out somewhere fighting. What comes after? You know, for a while with Bran's journey, we've just viewed his teaching, his learning as an, an end game, or um, it was certainly a destination. 
and to think that there's there are other destinations. Where do you go after this with the knowledge that you're gathering now? It's a, a huge question, but I, I think it's directly yeah. – it'll be decided by what he makes of what he sees, of what he has shown and, you know, what what he sees um, as being his particular mission, uh, kind of leaving, heading out. So what will he see in the Tower of Joy? And this is something I've been thinking about over the past few days. And we recorded our last episode directly after it aired, so we didn't have a lot of a lot of time to really sort of personally reflect on, on what we saw. It was just more of the excitement of the event. But I know that a lot of you who listen to the podcast and write and speak amongst yourselves on the website and on social and stuff um, have, are getting kind of a sinking feeling in your stomach about uh, what what could possibly happen. Like maybe, you know, Micah, you said that you're expecting a big twist, and I think that I am too. I am not sure what's going to happen. I mean, does it go beyond inside the tower? We're talking yeah, about, yeah, man. Like he's going to see Liana in her bed of blood. Is that it, though? Is that That's all? That sad. We- First of all, I, I think two things. Yeah, and I'll just put it out there, and and I don't really know in in what context this will all happen. I think sure there's a possibility for Gerald Hightower, who was mentioned uh, in the small council meeting, but yet wasn't in that battle. Is there a possibility that he's inside the Tower of Joy? Who knows? The other thing that, and and again, I don't know how they would be there or or why they would be there, but Hodor. You know, he was he was shown in that flashback in in the first step or sorry, in the second episode. Interesting. Could he be playing a role in, in any of this? Uh, Hodor down in Dorne. Oof. Is this the moment where he loses he becomes Hodor? That would be yeah, the twist. I should say Willis, not not Hodor yeah. yet. Yeah, yeah. What if he's not there? You think he still has a part in it? Yeah, I I don't know. I mean again, I d I I'm not sure why he would be even outside of Winterfell at this point, right? There's there's no there's no reason for it, but there's a possibility. Are you pulling some of this inspiration off the fact that they had that interaction with each other in Winterfell, and you, you don't think that that was random? Exactly. I I don't yeah. think anything that David Benioff and D.B. Weiss do is is random at this point. We I, don't have time for that. Sell, like sound in the small council chambers. Well, what sort of large implications does that have? That's different. <laughs> to, to think that to think that Willis or Hodor is somehow tied to the Lyanna subplot is very intriguing. What if it's just bad? You know, she could have twins. She could have Daenerys. She could have John. God, I hope she what has if, twins. What if it's just and calls them Luke and Leia? What if it's just bad <laughs> though? You know, like what if Ned does something else that we don't like and that we didn't know happened? I feel I don't feel worried about about that. Um, I don't think something bad's going to happen. I think it's just going to be. Maybe I just. I don't know. I I just feel like I think Micah has a good point there, and I think that I would probably lean more towards something like that than it just being bad. I mean, I guess that could be a bad yeah. situation as well. But um, yeah. part of me just thinks that it's just going to be her giving birth to John or something, and they're just going to wrap up. And that's going to be the big reveal that it is John. So after all, because I mean that is kind of a big reveal. It for- is, yeah people i think it's not necessarily a big reveal for us because we're so in the weeds with it and it's something that we like i said last week kind of take for granted um yeah or maybe the big reveal is that we've all been wrong this whole time <laughs> yeah but i i feel like at least in my mind most more likely than not and it could be totally wrong is that it's just her giving birth to john up there which is huge 
I mean, let, let's not discount the level of importance there because right. <laughs> she's just about giving Ned. birth to yeah. John. <laughs> yeah. <Whatever. laughs> yeah. Nothing to see here. He's protecting the son of Rhaegar Targaryen. That's not a small Who just came back to feat life. to undertake. Yeah. yeah. Given the fact that his best bud just destroyed put them. An end to him. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I said, I think that this theory just is something that we're all so familiar with that for it to be a big plot to us, it's like, well, this is just part of the canon already. Um, but it's still a big deal. I'm just nervous about it because I know that this is the last time we're going to be able to speak before it's potentially revealed to us on Sunday. So I'm just trying to think of like, how do we, I don't know. I just don't want there to be a bigger, I mean, maybe that would be cool, but I just don't want to look back at old scenes uh, like on the King's Road with Ned and Robert or various scenes from the first book of Game of Thrones and really change the way I think about Ned Stark. Mm, that's, that's that's very all. fair. Yeah. And and honestly, I wouldn't want it any other way. I mean, I like the way that Ned has been portrayed and ultimately, you know, his his humbleness and, and his loyalty was his, his undoing. And Naivete I think that that too. was his, yeah, that, that was his ultimate downfall, his weakness in a way. And- he paid for it all the way back in, in season one, but yet to be here now in season six and seeing him in flashbacks is just, uh, it's cool. And I I was interested in, in just the thought about Gerald Hightower. Do you think it was just a random mention during the, the small council meeting by Kevin Lannister? Or do you think there's a potential to see him in future episodes? given that he was at the Tower of Joy in the books. Yeah, I did think it was interesting that you pointed that out. Um, and I I don't know if that's them just slipping him in there because, hey, like we didn't forget about him. But I think that the fact that he was mentioned at all, we should probably pay attention to. Because like you've been saying, like there's no, you don't have a lot of room for random name drops, right? Well, if anything, I think it if it's not going to, bloom into something else i think it just helps to give further grandization of how important it was in the past to have it being spoken about in the current small council mm. that being said I, I wasn't sure if it was oswald went or gerald hightower that was with dane in the show so I, i'm not sure between the two and i think that's definitely an interesting point though yeah it, it wasn't made clear which i found surprising that they wouldn't outright state who it was we can't have everything can mm. we <laughs> Not in one episode, but there's seven more to go. I just wish that all of the knights behind Ned would have also shouted who they were right. and proclaimed, like, oh, there's a gazelle. It was like a roll call. <laughs> I or don't they know. had name tags on their armor. That's the extended yeah. edition. Like, it's going to be our version of when The Lord of the Rings came out and just had yeah, all the it's like of, uh, identifying, do you think all the uh, kids, all the birds in King's Landing need to wear name tags so that... Uh, Kyburn uh, can tell who no, they all are. Kyburn's gonna get. He's yeah. They all do. They all have names. Kyburn <laughs> well, I mean, yes. doesn't seem like the kind of guy who's like gonna remind and remember everyone's name. I think he he's gonna work. surprise us all. <laughs> he does work. I think Kyburn knows a lot about those kids. I think he cares enough to use them. <laughs> all their all their names end in Y, like Timmy and Billy and Freddie. And they, I thought and, they all ended in Qs. <laughs> <laughs> of course they do. So we asked on Watchers on the Wall three questions, just like last week and the week before it. You showed up in grand fashion. A lot of you guys wrote in because a lot of you guys are passionate about what's happening. So we thought we'd mix it up a little bit and not ask about the Tower of Joy, even though we really wanted to. We really, really wanted to. 
we knew we would talk about it anyway. So yeah, we ended up talking <laughs> it's about a it. A bit unavoidable. So this is the first question, and Micah so eloquently transitioned to it. What is the plan for the little birds? What will they uncover in King's Landing? It's impressive to me, though, that you have these networks of little children that are doing your bidding, <laughs> isn't it? Like, yeah. In King's Landing, right, which which Varys really set up. I mean, he put this whole thing together and Kyburn is just kind of mooching off of it right now. Right. But yet he's transitioned back in Marine to have pretty much the same thing from the sound of it. And and it's it's possible that his Miranese network is is older or at least, you know, in terms of being established because he I think we believe he said in this episode like that's where he's from. Uh he's from Essos originally and so it's possible that there are even older, stronger ties with the spy network uh, in, in, in Esso's working form now, regardless of the status of the kids in King's Landing. But the, the thing about the kids and why, like, calling them little birds, I, I guess I never really assumed they were little as in young, uh, that they were these children. But ultimately, I think what, what makes it work is that they're, they're, they can stay hidden. Nobody suspects uh, a child to be an informant or or you would uh suspect less at the very least um you know king's landing capital city it's messy it's dirty it's uh impoverished there are just these kids anywhere you look there's kids people having kids that's how it works um the fact that they're able to blend in so reliably i don't know and like we were shown this now which is why i mean it's a good question to ask past this episode because kyburn is just starting to utilize them now um, or we're seeing and it's mm-hmm. like well to what to what end here and is it going to be as successful as Varys was with that and I think there's yeah. a lot of questions about who they're loyal to um, mm-hmm. if they're if they're actually working for Kyburn and for Cersei and the Lannisters or if they're still loyal to Varys or if they're going to jump ship as soon as word of Varys coming back if he comes back happens um, and I would or if say Kyburn runs out of candy if Kyburn <laughs> never runs out of candy um, they're out of the he's game he's gonna switch to wildfire but um, um, the majority of people who responded on Watchers said that they think that if he, they're, if these little birds aren't currently working for Varys still, then they will jump ship and return to him. At what point? I'm not sure. But I think that, that it just goes to show that he has this incredible network set up across the whole globe, really, um, mm-hmm. and how powerful that is and is going to be as he kind of hops around between major characters um, within the story. I feel like Varys should just start his version of the Second Sons of the Golden Company, but they're like they're mercenary spy networks that you can hire out because they're pretty <laughs> effective, right? Seriously. And he's, yeah. he's, he rooted out the Harpy, or, or he's getting closer um, to the answer, and he's confident that his little birds remain very loyal overseas. I felt like that's what was implied, right? And then we uh, directly cross over to the scene with Kyburn. So I'm not surprised that most of you wrote in and think that uh, Varys is in charge of the Little Birds still. And mm-hmm. there's a possibility here that that will be part of the drama later on when uh, the epilogue moment happens. Mm-hmm. There's a possibility that, that that sort of reveal that, hey, Varys is the guy still. That could be part of it. And I, I think that that's honestly quite interesting that that, that little spin would be on it because it, it does it does well. Let's say if it's at the end of the season, it would do well to give Varys some strength points leading into whatever future he has. 
I, I just love that idea that the kids are still perhaps spying for Varys. Um, they'll they'll take the candy that that Kybern is offering. I mean, kids got to eat. Uh, I mentioned they were impoverished, didn't I? Uh, so you know they got to eat. But the fact that they could still be, I mean, ultimately loyal to. I can just see them like he opens the door, steps off a boat, and all the kids run and go, Uncle Varys, and they I'll go hug him, and it's really adorable, like that kind of thing. Um, I love the idea also that just because the kids then are are these highly trained, it really kind of speaks to to what we think of, of Varys as being this mastermind that he trained these kids to have that level of nuance and, and subterfuge and like completely fool the Lannisters who are looking for allies, who are looking for tools like the little birds to essentially for the little birds then to play them. Um it's it's it'd be kind of really really fascinating. I think that regardless who they're working for, uh, depending on what moment in time we're talking about, I still think that they can be in pre- incredibly powerful, and I think that they have a pretty strong chance of playing out the Dance of Dragons epilogue. Um, I would say about like literally very scientifically, ninety nine percent of the people who <laughs> mentioned um, or who answered this question on Watchers said that, and I think there's. Also questions about who else it could go after, whether it's the Faith Militant or Elena or the High Sparrow again. So I think regardless of where they're getting their candy from, I think that they uh, they can do some real damage. Well, we know where they're getting their candy from. Right. Kyber, <laughs> at least for candy right corner. Corner. At least for right Come now. Come on down. The corner of Varys. the bottom and the three whores. Welcome. <laughs> Unless Varys is shipping them some stuff from uh, across the narrow sea. But I agree with everything that's been said. And I think the points about how Cersei and Jamie are, are currently struggling with the power dynamic in King's Landing, particularly as it relates to the small council and that tense moment that they had immediately following that scene with the children in Kyburn and Sir Robert Strong, it just goes to show you that those children are probably going to be extremely integral, at least at certain times, to finding out information as Hannah said, whether it's from Sir Kevin Lannister or it's from Orlena or even the High Sparrow and the Faith Militant, I mean, there's a lot of snooping around that needs to be done in King's Landing. And currently we know that they don't think very highly of Cersei. They don't think very highly probably of Tommen. So any new information that can be gotten is certainly information to their advantage. So we understand what they do. We understand the normal purpose for these little birds. My question is, what are they actually planning to do with them? Because it's it's sort of a mystery to me at this point. I understand that they drum up information on each other, but the High Sparrow isn't an ally of Cersei. She's not going to go sell someone up the river necessarily and say, oh, by the way, the Queen of Thorns also breaks some laws according to the gods, and maybe she should be persecuted as well because clearly she put a big red X on her head as far as Cersei and Jamie are concerned uh, just by the way she was speaking to them in the chamber. That's uh, that's a mannerism in, in a way that would affect Cersei in the past. Maybe not maybe not Cersei post-walk, but we'll see. But I, I'm just curious. I, I don't know what what they can do right. other than, they, than, act, than physically hurt someone. What can they do? Like, what they deliver can, information? Yeah, they can deliver information. They can hurt. I think they can just set bigger events in motion also. Um, well, then again, the, the people that you target, like Lady Elena, are already very cautious people. 
uh, as to like, to a fault. I, I'm remembering the scene with Elena um, and Marjorie talking to Sansa for the first time, and there there are spies everywhere, ears everywhere. Like Lady Elena is not somebody who could easily be fooled by a child in the corner taking notes or trying to collect, you know, basically doing espionage. She is protected. Same with the High Sparrow. You, unless these kids are going to start going to church uh, every Sunday, how how are they going to be useful at toppling this religious order, uh, the, the faith militant who are you know in, really in charge here? The kids are not. Time will tell. That's the only thing I can say. Yeah. They don't strike mm-hmm. me as being particularly effective against those two specific adversaries. I think that they are effective in what they do, and I think that clearly they're going to have a job, but. I'm just curious as to what that job will be because even if even if they do overhear everything the Queen of Thorns says, even if they, even if they do overhear, I'm sure the High Sparrow during his uh, walkings and feedings and being amongst the people is talking about this grand plan that he has. No, I'm sure he isn't. Like, what can they do with that? With with the information, I think that I mean, so you want to pit House Tyrell versus House Lannister even further? Okay, all right. I think something else is going to happen, guys. Somebody wrote on Watchers, Isabel, uh, brought up a point that I thought was interesting that I hadn't thought about at all, which is they wrote, Loras remains the biggest King's Landing question for me. Could the little birds be used to murder him, thus giving Cersei justification for storming the Sept? Um, which is a scenario I hadn't thought about. And so I think there's lots of opportunities, like I was saying, to set these things that we know that are going to happen yeah. in motion. And that could be something like that. That makes sense. They do like knives. They do, which we saw in the trailer. <laughs> oh, so, who's it going to be? I guess is the. I really. Question. I, I would think that if they're going to play any role initially, it's going to be related to the Faith Militant and the High Sparrow. That that's just because they're more out in the city amongst the people, where it's easier to infiltrate and to oversee to blend into the background or sorry to overhear I meant to say and and really do some damage whereas as you know Eric was pointing out I think it's a little bit more of a challenge to try and get dirt on somebody like an Olena Terrell uh, or Kevin Lannister it I don't know that, that that's just how I feel I think that there's also a question about the little birds operating not only in King's Landing but also elsewhere in the story and bringing information back to whoever they're working for at the time. And I think that includes the Riverlands. And I think that also could include what's happening in the North. And so I don't know if King's Landing is going to become aware of what's going to eventually happen in the North with Winterfell and Castle Black and what we hope John will do um, to take back. That's interesting. With Jamie being in the liver, uh, the Riverlands <laughs> as well. Um, that could be interesting. That whole, yeah. I'm really looking forward to the Frey storyline this season, which I know we're going to get at least a little of. And that brings me back to the question I asked on the last episode about Arya and the Waif and her reaction. I did a little bit more digging on social media, and I wasn't the only one who had the same reaction when she paused for a moment after the name Walder Frey was mentioned. So I really hope that uh, we get a bit of retribution there from Arya. Perhaps this is another long lost belly squirt of Walder Frey's. Jeez. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> so just like cruel. But how cool would it be if, if 
Arya takes her face or even teams up with this young girl mm. and they they go and and make their way to the twins and this time Arya actually gets inside and uh starts to uh take some vengeance. That would uh, be a moment indeed. Just some stuff to think on. Arya has to get back to the story, so I want to see a a, a John Arya reunion. I think we all want to see a John Arya reunion. <laughs> and speaking of John, the uh the second question that we posed over on Watchers was did he actually leave Castle Black? John Connington? No, 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 John Snow. <laughs> oh, John Snow. John. My bad. Did he leave? Well, he sure dramatically stormed off if he didn't leave. It's hard to tell because he was going through an archway and I, and I, I couldn't decide, was that the one that one uh, one broke through <laughs> or was it just a uh, casual archway that uh, made it seem like he was walking out of Castle Black? Hmm. I definitely think that he's going to stay at Castle Black. I think that's the right decision for him. I think that, one, he's too emotional to leave. I don't think he has much of a plan. And I think that- Or supplies. Or that supplies. That exact or moment. mutton. Um, to, or Davos. No, or mutton. Davos, no mutton. Or Melisandre. Or, or any of his he crew. Or ghosts. He walked out ghosts, yeah. man. <laughs> so I think him leaving, if he does leave Castle Black in that moment, I think that's a really stupid move on his part because he's just not ready and he doesn't have any- idea where he's going and he would probably miss Sansa if he doesn't stick around um, so I really hope that that's him just dramatically storming off and then he spends a few moments doing whatever he's gonna do and then come back and ready to kind of formulate an actual game plan because now that the quote-unquote threat of the Night's Watch I guess that's a real threat I can't say quote-unquote but I guess that now that <laughs> Ollie's dead um, <laughs> what does he have fine. to worry about yeah <laughs> what does he have to worry about in Castle Black <laughs> Um, anymore. I've never seen more owns for a child's death. I will I just say that. Oh, little, little preview yeah, there. Yeah, all be ashamed of yourselves. But I was just, I was just gonna say too. Now I feel bad, but I was gonna say like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if like the snow melts tomorrow? It'll be just like after, uh, after, after Shireen was was put to put to the the torch. How um, the next day, like it was basically summer again. <laughs> but now I feel bad. Knowing how many owns were sent uh, to Mark Holly's death, nobody needs to feel bad about it. Ninety percent of our readers on Watchers on the Wall think that Jon Snow is staying at Castle Black. Uh, mm-hmm. There you go. I mean, he's got he's got some stuff to do there yet. Yeah. Well, he's got to meet up with Sansa, so that's the most he's important thing. Meet up right? with Sansa. And my yeah. favorite thing that I've read that people have been saying and I've been thinking about is that we're getting set up to kind of be in a pink letter situation um, from the books but played out a little bit differently that Rickon is essentially a fake Arya and that this is going to be John's motivation to finally leave like this come and see moment and so yeah. um, I like that idea and I like that we wait at Castle Black, Sansa shows up because I will freak out if Sansa yeah. and John have a near miss. She's like well, four feet taller than him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I think that that's how things are going to get set in motion. Is that pink Please letter. record this reaction. <laughs> You'll hear it <laughs> wherever you are. <laughs> yeah, and Sansa would be great. I mean, the perfect character witness, really, to s- prepare John for what he's about to encounter with Ramsay Bolton. I just feel like John's face down so much more than Ramsey Bolton, though, right? He has, but but it always the details always help. Uh, is That's is true. my is my motto the the particulars of just how ferocious he is. Although Theon would have helped too, but you know, I, I understand it's kind of a bit like walking on eggshells. 
I've always been a bit annoyed at the amount of uh, power Ramsey Bolton seems to yield or the Boltons at all. But I mean, that's just how these things go. That's the position they put themselves in and you can't be upset. They, that they worked their butts off and got there. And no matter how far down Ramsey takes himself by behaving poorly and uh, doing poorly, I think that they're still going to be a formidable threat when it happens. Mm-hmm. And the, the position of the show now versus the position that we're aware of in regards to the pink letter is interesting to me because it was part of a catalyst beforehand for Jon Snow, but now it's part of a catalyst afterward. And I just think it's fascinating, especially if Sansa is around, uh, how that will play into things, being a different sibling, being an actual sibling, you know, and, and no man's raider. Like, it's just, it's just, it, I don't know. It makes a lot of sense. It changes the power dynamic a little bit. It does, and it changes the motivations as well. Yep. I think it changes a lot of the emotion, and I think it's I think it's great. I like both versions, but um, this is going to be really cool if it if it ends up sort of shaking out in the way that I think it's going to shake out. But again, I'm I'm kind of not trusting myself and not trusting how I think about this. I don't want to get too comfortable in these ideas. Do you trust Small John Umber? Hmm. I mean, do I trust that he's an ally of Ramsey or do I think that he's part of this huge plot to overthrow the Boltons from the inside? The latter. I don't know. It really depends on if that was actually Shaggy Dog's head. Or was I'm in agreement. Shaggy Dog just in the wrong place at the wrong time and Right. Shaggy Dog was out playing and accidentally ran into this fish hook. Right. <laughs> Without Wyman Manderly, but with the presence of the possibility of the Umbers infiltrating from the inside and with also the presence of Asha, who I think that they'll use interestingly as she's there, I think that we could be seeing uh, the Ghost in Winterfell plotline playing out, which I'm very, very excited mm-hmm. about being a part of Ramsey's downfall. But uh, I don't know. I think that maybe uh, inward subversion in Winterfell may diminish his threat later on for the season. And I don't know if that's something that, that they'll want to do or if they feel like it's even necessary. Uh, part of me wants that screen time to go to other characters and other more interesting places. But at the same time, I, I do think it would be pretty cool if that horror story in Winterfell became a horror story for the people that were making it a horror story for us last season. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with that. I think that that would be very cool uh, very to cool. watch play out. And uh, I, I just, from the response from the owns, uh, just from reading all the different ideas, comments that were online post episode three, there doesn't seem to be a whole faith in Umber's allegiance to mm-hmm. the Boltons. A lot of people think that, uh, especially since he referenced the fact that Roos bended the knee and stabbed Rob right in the back uh, and and that you know he didn't do anything of the sort like he just said um, I have no no need for that and that just led a lot of people to believe that his allegiance has and always will lie with the Starks and we know Manderly is, is sort of working undercover in the books to have I guess we can talk about Davos go in search of Rickon so I, I just think that uh it would be nice to see that family, meaning the Boltons, kind of get a taste of their own medicine. And Shaggy Dog is such a small, as much as we love him, it's such a small price to pay for. The reaction was ridiculous, to be honest with you. I mean, <laughs> I know it's a dog. The real dog's still alive, everybody. Just relax. Oh. But it's a small price to pay for the Boltons to see them as loyal. So I say... I'm not sure I'd pay it. (laughs) I disagree completely, personally. These direwolves are are mythical beings, and I want to see them on the final battlefield. My heart will grow three times bigger. 
That would be awesome. Speaking of hearts. Speaking oh, of trees. <laughs> I know who you are. I saw you eat that stallion heart. Why didn't you come back after Khal Drogo died? And she uh, goes, because I'm Daenerys. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the, the unburnt. unburnt. I'm the breaker of chains. This leads into our third question that we asked, which is, what's next in Faistoth Rack? How would Danny meet this new challenge? How will Jario play into what's going to happen next? Jario? Yeah. You guys like that? <laughs> yeah, it's something I said on accident, which is actually I love that true. people used it just so casually in the comment field. They're like, yeah, this is what you call them. Yeah, Jario. That's, that. That's what they are. Something that I wanted to ask you guys that I've been thinking about and that I've, I've seen a lot in the comments, and I don't know if you would agree or disagree with this, is the fact that we've already seen Drogon burning the place down essentially or flying over the place um if that makes us not as worried for danny as we should be or if we're not worried about danny just because we know how powerful she is compared to the last time she was with the dothraki um i think that my difficulty with these scenes are that we already know that she's gonna make it out out of them at least that's what we're assuming just of what we've seen um and so I guess how that happens is going to be interesting, but it's hard for me to feel fear for her and for what she's going through because I feel like there's not much of a question of, of what the outcome is going to be. It's just how she's going to get from A to B. That's one way to look at it. But although you take the case of Jamie Lannister and like, you know, early on when he pushed Bran out the window, very early on, you're like, oh, I hope this guy dies. If you were to pick up uh, book four and see that he's still alive... You'd be like, oh, that sucks. But since then, he's lost a hand. Like, there are ways, like, even if she makes it out, what cost will there be to her? Oh, I'm not suggesting she could lose a hand, but, you know, there are those those things that um, weigh on these characters and sort of change them fundamentally. And I, I, I kind of hope that there's something in there for Danny. That's why I asked this question, because I think Daenerys is a pretty solid figure in A Song of Ice and Fire. But what's happening in Vyas Dothrak? is beyond where the books are and it's very like i noticed in, in a lot of the responses that um it was kind of a head scratcher for you guys especially mm. with the presence of uh of dario and jorah being so close by that adds another layer to it and we all know that that drogon is this flying specter of a possibility sure but i think with anything with any answer to this question it's going to be interesting and i think that it's very important because let's not forget this was the woman the lady in the house of the undying that we learned so much prophetically and she is the one that uh quay from a shy told things prophetically she is possibly one of the three heads of the dragon she's possibly who was promised is all these wonderful things that she could be and that she is doing and after all she is the queen of marine for the love of god so i think what she does matters and what's happening is is fascinating with the characters that she's interacting with partially because it's in her past and she's coming back to something that she lived through and how how will she choose to navigate this with all the experience that she's gotten that's kind of like a payoff you don't often get in shows or in stories like we we often wish what it would be like if our characters like traveled back in time and then told someone hey i'm from the future like how would that feel that's kind of what's happening here not not exactly mechanically but she has blossomed into so much more of a person her dragons are are huge and dangerous and she's flown on them and she's so much more than what she was the last time she visited this place you know like yeah. she was getting like yeah eat this heart become one of us beforehand but now she's she's danny like she's daenerys like she she's she's her so i think 
even just mechanically seeing her interact with these people is going to be fascinating. And uh, I'm kind of disappointed in what I said in the last episode. Like, uh, but I, I still I still agree with it. But I think that it's an easy way to just sort of brush it to the side by saying, I don't think that we're supposed to be scared of this, so I'm not going to be scared of this. And I think it's okay that we're not worried. I think, but I think what is interesting is how this will happen. And I'm worried about Dario and uh, Jorah being so nearby. I'm worried about them trying to go inside of Viastothrak where these numerous Kalasars are congregating to rescue Danny when I'm not sure that she needs rescuing. And then there's the whole no blood can be spilled inside of Viastothrak, right? There's gold to melt down, though. (laughs) (laughs) I would assume that the Dothraki can respond if Jorah and Dario do decide to fight. They're not just going to sit there and uh, allow Danny to be taken willingly. I, I think it's probably a combination of a lot of the different uh, options that were listed as potential answers in terms of Drogon, in terms of Dario and Jorah. Maybe Danny does a bit to save herself, but I'm also interested in this trial that she has to face, right? She's, she's being judged by seven individuals we've seen trials before um but none like Trial this by dragon yeah i would say she wins <laughs> mm-hmm. i do hope... a lot of horses to eat <laughs> that has a lot of horses to eat i do hope that whatever the case she gets herself out of the situation and that it's not just a she goes to trial and halfway through the trial her dragon comes and saves her or she is working with befriending the Dosh Kaleen and then Dario and Jorah show up and save her. I do think that she would benefit greatly from doing this on her own and from creating these allegiances or going through whatever she's going to go through by herself and not just sitting around and waiting to be rescued. I mean, there's going to be, a, there's bound to be a, a, a some, heavy story relevance to the fact that she is back here. You know, yeah. what What about her going back is going to enable her to go forward? Not just because that was the parameter of the prophecy, but like, what What about it? What is she gaining here by playing fair with this, with their culture essentially? Because she's, yeah. that, that's the whole argument is she's not obeying their culture, but she, she's obviously looking at it from uh, I'm so much bigger than this standpoint. That's not going to work for them necessarily. So how did she get out? And furthermore, how is it going to enable her to fight future battles? Yeah. So what will she learn here? And what will she finish learning when she visits Marine that will better equip her for when those ships descend upon Westerosi and Shur? Exactly. She's figuring out some way yeah. to get the Dothraki to follow her. Right. But <laughs> I don't think that's even her goal right now. She's just trying to, you know, not, not be, be nice enslaved as a, a widow in the tent. Right. <laughs> so that's going to be, it's going to be cool. And I, I'm really interested. And, and uh, a lot of your answers were, you know, Drogon comes in, Jario helps her escape. And uh, also a lot of you thought, uh, like what Hannah said, that it would be great to see Danny save herself. And some of you said, who cares? Because this is boring. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that there was just wait. a funny just... amount of that, which I guess is just because that's how I feel. But I don't feel like it's boring, but I just feel like I need to get more excited about yeah. what her journey could be in these scenes. I mean, it's hard to go back from what she's done. You yeah. Know? <laughs> she's, she's done arguably the most epic stuff in the series so far. I mean, we've seen a lot here and there and hard home was pretty awesome, but you know, she was doing stuff pretty early on outside of gates of cities and, you know, when time comes, she'll own them all. 
It's my camp flask. <laughs> ah, it's full of mead. <laughs> Pod, please start the fire. No, that's going to take forever. <laughs> I got matches. I, I would rather do it. You guys don't hear the fire already roaring? Otherwise, this is awkward. <laughs> it's a trans-dimensional fire, Zach. I think you can hear it. Bran can interact with it, but it hasn't made its way to us yet. Well, most importantly, then, if the fire is crackling, we need to uh, reach over uh, behind you, Eric, there. Grab that satchel. Do you want the satchel or going. the whoopee satchel? No. <laughs> Just- Flannel Falcon in the first own of this week says own to Sam and Gilly and their Game of Thrones love boat. Pass the drama mean. <laughs> Gabe G writes in own to the last name on Arya's funny little list. Is the waif a fray? I like how you think, Gabe. Afraid of what? <laughs> <laughs> a fray of Arya, maybe. And, uh, and Zong again. Own to Robert Strong's undeadly stare to shut Jamie up. Hashtag, I can hear you. Hashtag, if stares could kill. Hashtag, I see dead people. <laughs> I like that a lot. Ethan Rich at Throttle Fox. Uh-huh. My own goes to Varys for wanting to make the peoples happy. Hashtag vote for Varys 2016. <laughs> 2K16. People are, 2K16. Still putting, people are still putting the one there, and I just don't understand. <laughs> Jane Choi. Too many owns. Own to Varys for showing off his spider skills across the sea and breeding a new crop of little birds. Hashtag diabetes. Hashtag childhood obesity. Hashtag <laughs> cavities. Isn't it like, doesn't it go... Diabetes. Diabetes. <laughs> Spot on. If you have diabetes, you will give your own to the Dodge Kylene for bossing around Call Moro and his horse riders like they're good little fuck boys. Hashtag Grill Housewives advice. <laughs> <laughs> and own to Lord Umber for saying out loud what's on everybody's mind. Hashtag DGAF, which is don't give a fuck. And also own to D&D for not giving Rick in any lines after all these years. Hashtag <laughs> with the real Hodor, please stand up. Brandon Prejant <laughs> tweeted in, my own goes to Ollie. What an awesome pinata. Oh, oh man. man. <laughs> Told you these were uh, pretty intense. Big yeah. flood says John on that me. rope and got a bonus four player multi kill streak. It's <laughs> <laughs> a chain reaction. Oh, life is a video game. Sean Drew over on Facebook own to Grandmeister Pysel for consistently staying in the small council since season one. Mm-hmm. One, Ned Virus, Littlefinger Renly, John Aaron, all either dead or gone. Hashtag my bloated ass going to stay in the council. Hashtag fact checker. <laughs> John has seen the nothing that lies beyond death. He literally is the person who knows nothing. So own to Ygritte for telling us this four seasons ago. Hashtag another red woman. Ooh, I love that. I like that. You know nothing. I Interesting. Love Chris Monaco on Facebook. Own to Braun and Littlefinger for making, him sp- making me spend the entire episode wondering what in the seven hells they're up to. <laughs> I've been asking where Littlefinger is for my whole He's life. In next week's episode. Next Finally. week. Hopefully with Bron. Or hopefully Bron's yes. in it. They're yeah. drinking together right now. <laughs> <laughs> and then Ricky Young on Twitter. Own this week goes to Sir Arthur Dane for holding his own against four cheating northerners. Hashtag the North forgot. Oh. Mm. Wow. And then Lady Liana at the Wolfmaid. Own to the 999th Lord Commander of the Night's Watch. Dollars Ed Tollett. Yeah. Ooh. Love it. Oh, Ed. Well. We heard from Brian Sanderford, who gives his own to Misande and Grey Worm for not giving in to peer pressure. <laughs> Hashtag, 
Just say no. Heather Churchill over on Facebook. Own goes to Elena Tyrell. Cersei may not be the queen of Westeros, but Elena is most definitely queen of incest <laughs> jokes. Yes, she is. <laughs> all jokes. Gil Pound owned a brand for speaking the mind of all the fans. Quote, take me back. <laughs> I wasn't ready to leave. And quote. <laughs> Real talk. And Real. Sarah Clinton on Facebook. First ever own... Thank you, Sarah. What up, Goes Sarah? to Davos, truly the Tony Robbins of Westeros. Hashtag damn Davos. Hashtag <laughs> back at it again with the pep talk. Hashtag <laughs> life coach Knigget. <laughs> Why does it have a G? Why? Dante Targaryen. Nice to have you. My own is Jon Snow for owning the mic drop. My watch is over. Mic drop emoji. Brienne of Tarth wrote in. All these neck bones aside, my own goes to Blood Raven for making us wait. Hashtag delayed gratification is the best gratification. If you say so. Almata on Twitter. To Lord Varys the Spider, Master of Whisperers on two continents. And Tower of Joy Horizons writes, Own to Varys for knowing that torture yields only false info and that you can get more birds with silver than vinegar. Mm. Or sugar Such in a this smart case. Man. And so is Louis-Philippe Pilon, who says, Own goes to Westeros' new favorite alt-comic, Gilly. I can already see her tearing up the open mic night at the Old Town UCB. I don't I think they have one, see that. Louis. But no more than $5. Well, you never know. I mean, based on our uh, experiences in Old Town, they seem like they're up to no good when they're not working. <laughs> Lots of cider. Fiercely <laughs> strong. And mutton. And mutton. <laughs> Jan, at black underscore gendo on Twitter, says, I'm giving two owns. Umber Jr. bringing the results of the Stark Child litmus test. Hashtag RIP Shaggy Dog. And Jon Snow's hashtag My Watch Has Ended. Supreme Commander. Owned Kevin Lannister for not taking Cersei's shit. <laughs> hashtag You Can't Sit With Us. Doug Atkins on Facebook. Own goes to Davos for several reasons. One, being the first person that John sees after waking up from nothingness. Who better than mm. who better than one of the only truly rational and sane people in Westeros? Two, for kicking Melisandre out of the room the second she started mentioning being the chosen one. Because you know Davos has seen that. How that turns out. <laughs> Most importantly, number three, for giving John an incredible speech pep talk that will most likely shape the way John approaches the rest of his life and in turn shape all the things to come because John is the chosen one. Winky face. Again. And then Rob McDonald on Twitter, own to torment. I know you're not a god. I've seen your pecker. What kind of god would have a pecker <laughs> like that? Hashtag it was cold out. <laughs> He's got a point. He's got a point. <laughs> and Emma Hasselquist on Facebook own goes to the eye candy this week for from mm. that very short glimpse of Stark Naked John and the Sword of the Morning looking fine. This episode certainly delivered. Hashtag more like Sir Arthur. Damn, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Zach. I love Somebody it. Somebody had to read it. Um, <laughs> John Davis on Facebook. My own to the three-eyed raven for that moment when he realizes that Bran may be more powerful than he thought. That look on his face when Ned Stark reacts to Bran's call. Hashtag, can Bran change the past? Or the future. And Christina Klein to Dolores Edison Tollett. 
acting Lord Commander of the Night's Watch, for being the guy we all hoped and knew John would turn to after his gruesomely shot execution. <laughs> of the traitors who killed him and his mic drop exit from Castle Black, long live Lord Commander Tullet. What does dead may never die? What does dead may never die? <laughs> what does dead may never die? <laughs> what does dead may never die? People love mic drops. That again. They love them. It's em. pretty good. They mm-hmm. love them. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to start carrying a mic with me and just dropping it just whenever dropping something it every cool time happens. You leave the room. We got two owns here from Illyrio Dukakis. Thank uh, you. On Twitter. Yep. Owned Davos for kicking Mel out before she got too deep into the religious bullshit, giving John a crash course in real politique. And owned to Kyburn for making it this far and still being allowed within 500 feet of a group of children. <laughs> <laughs> That's a zinger. That's a zinger. Oh, boy. Olivia Harville, my first ever own, goes to that shot of Ollie's bitch face as he died. <laughs> I was really hoping for hashtag ghost kills Ollie 2K16, but at least the brat is gone. The hashtag lives on. Johan Spore. I'm sorry, but the own has to go to small John Umber. Way to be a traitorous bastard, but he owned the Starks. Hashtag ghost kills Umber 2K16. Mary on Twitter, my own goes to Picel's flatulence of fear. Hashtag Frankenfart. I love that. It's like a cereal. <laughs> and Gary Manis, he's owned a thin and a white walker, but Sam the Slayer gets owned by the sea. See, that's a shame. Hashtag see you at the Horn Hill. Hashtag see you at Horn Hill. Chris Michelle I see. Holcomb over on Facebook says, owned to the Queen of Thorns. I do appreciate these things can get a bit confusing in your family. Must be hard being that fucking savage. Hashtag burn. <laughs> K. Moon says, owned to Sir Arthur Dane for double fisting swords and nearly winning a four-on-one matchup. Hashtag a dance with daggers. Hashtag a tease of joy. K.P. Dawes tweeted, owned to Lion Ted for making Westeros great again. <laughs> and Karen Dean, owned to Tormund, quote, what kind of god would have a pecker that small? Hashtag literal low blow. Hashtag Tormund's got jokes. Hashtag not what Egret said. <laughs> um, on Facebook, Nick Maranucci says, own to Ramin Jawadi. His work in season six is some of his best. The Stark theme, the Dothraki theme, and the Arya montage music really stood out this episode. And that Bolton theme is excellent. That's a great mm. own. I like, I agree with that. That is, that is a really good own. Yeah. Like the snow theme. Um, Bradley Russell on Facebook, my own goes to small John Umber for telling off Ramsey to his face while sowing the seeds of the North Remembers plot because we'll learn that Shaggy Dog was killed by some other means, possibly while defending Rickon. And that was why Rickon wasn't so torn up about seeing his head. Small John just didn't present himself as a detestable chap. Fingers crossed hard. Me too. Yeah. Please. I like that. That's a good theory. And then Anthony Runyon on Twitter, owned to the Three-Eyed Raven for cutting that scene short and owning us all. <laughs> Hashtag not a happy Mother's Day. On, on Facebook, Christina Ingraldi, my own goes to the silence. From John and Ollie to making Tyrion hilariously awkward, the silence was amazing all through the episode and fucking owned it. Hmm. There's been a lot of that this whole season, which I have been loving. At Phil with A on Twitter, owns to both of Sir Dane's hands. <laughs> Badass. <laughs> Kylo Snow on Twitter, own goes to Jamie for being the only one to be upset about the child slavery going on with Varys and Kyburn. Dylan Levy, my own of the night goes to Helen Reed. One piece of a puzzle we've long wondered about finally comes to the forefront with a sneaky move that would make Jamie proud. Hashtag Dane Slayer. Hashtag <laughs> Starfall. That's sad. When did the White Fawn 
visits us from the forest and writes, The Sword of the Morning owned my breath because I held it during that entire fight. After she came back to consciousness, she also wrote an own to Dollars Commander Ed. Hashtag Game of Owns. Joe Ludwigson, hashtag Shaggy Dog Kills Randy Ramsey 2K16, question mark. <laughs> nope, nope, I refuse to believe it. No direwolves are killed in the making of this episode. It has to be a Trojan plot. La, 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 can't hear you. <laughs> la, la, la. In the analyst, own to the Three-Eyed Raven for the biggest cock tease ever. I thought it almost said the biggest cock ever. Uh, I gotta read these slower. <laughs> Which Lisa episode Schild. were they watching? <laughs> own to Franken Mountain for literally scaring the shit. <laughs> <laughs> for literally scaring the shit out of me, Mr. Fryso. <laughs> Hashtag uh, thought the fart came from my husband. Wow. wow. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Molly Evans writes on the Tormund's Giants Bay uh, on the Tormund Giants Bay for two nights funniest line. What kind of God would have a peck of that small? And for good measure, Lucy Diavolo, owner of the Black Brother, who managed to stab Jon Snow in a pattern that looks like a moon over his heart with six Starks. I mean, Marks. Below it. Five are in a circle and one is off to the side. Hmm. Just like Catelyn's love for her Ned's kids. Hashtag first stone. Lucy. That's a deep first stone. Lucy. Yeah. Come on now. I liked it. No, I literally liked it on Facebook. (laughs) Good. (laughs) Reading Rosier. At Ray underscore Ross is owned to Tyrion for having such great lines this season that he started to quote himself. <laughs> a wise man once said. Yep. <laughs> Very true. John has risen. Tweeted in. Own goes to the Tower of Joy for giving us a badass combat scene that ended in getting wrecked from behind. <laughs> Hashtag no Kanye. Hashtag game of owns. And own goes to Rick and Stark for looking like puberty slapped him across the face. Wow. Hashtag no recast. No problem. No problem. Jason Wolcott tweeted in my own goes to Car Stark for saying the things I want to say to Ramsey for me. Oh, I think they mm-hmm. meant Umber. And on Facebook, Pluisa wrote in to say, own to Davos, oh no, you didn't get to brainwash this one for stopping the Lasagna from putting John on a blood sacrifices tour. 2K16. Um, on Facebook, Brenna uh, Daughtery says, though she didn't appear in this ep, own to Lyanna Mormont for apparently being the only one in the North still loyal to the Starks. Hashtag WTF showrunners. Um, James Carson on Twitter, own to Kyburn for setting up that sweet King's Landing after school program. Hashtag Littlebird Daycare Services. <laughs> Hashtag Kyburn's Candy Corner. Hashtag Kyburn's Candy I Corner 2K16. <laughs> <laughs> At Manicular Bomb on Twitter, right whose <laughs> Twitter name is Promise Menu Ned, <laughs> which is really funny. <laughs> that, that man um, gets more leverage out of out of his own name than any of us could ever hope. It's hilarious. Yeah, it's true. Um, own to the return of wilding tonks. Hashtag don't call me Nymphosha. Mm. <laughs> then Emily Philo on Facebook. My own for the week goes to puberty, making child actors into silent teens one by one. Hashtag no lines for Ollie and Rickon. Also, sorry your wish didn't come true. Hannah, I too was hoping for hashtag ghost kills Ollie 2K16. Maybe we should switch to hashtag ghost kills Ramsey 2K16. There's actually we have a Ooh. lot of leeway with what our next hashtag is going to be, so... We're thinking, thinking about it, it. Right? We're thinking about it. Mikey Mann on Twitter, owned to Ed, 999th Lord Commander, who will be the 1,000th Sam Gilly Ghost? <laughs> ghost. <laughs> I vote Ghost per, uh, personally. Two Parts Rye on Twitter, owned Varus, breaking up what was about to be the lamest game of Never Have I Ever, ever. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica Lara, first time own post, and I have a couple. Welcome, Jessica. Owned to Tyrion for being, quote, a wise man. 
and Own to Jon Snow for quitting his day job. Chris Miracle writes, Own to Arya for completing her lightsaber training in about five minutes of screen time. Hashtag take that Luke. Alex Panic, Own to the Clegane Bowl for being one step closer to hashtag fucking confirmed. Hashtag only one. Hashtag trial by combat. Get hyped. Alyssa, macaroni and cheese. We can't make you leave, but you can't make us stay. Hashtag Cersei gets owned. I hope her name is macaroni. Tom Bauer, Own goes to Egret for finally being vindicated. Hashtag Hashtag that tongue thing. Hashtag Jon Snow's something. Jon knows, <laughs> John knows, knows something. something. Hashtag Ollie Oops. <laughs> <laughs> tongue thing. Uh, Marcus writes, owned a torment for throwing shade on the size of Jon's manhood. Hashtag shrinkage. Hashtag it's cold in the north. El Lobo tweeted in, owned to Eliza Thorne for being an asshole right until the bitter end. Nicole Seal says, my own goes to Varys, who was able to get more information with words than what most people get with a sword. Hashtag tongue torture. Mm. Stephanie Elaine Serco on Facebook, own to Westerosi Jesus, taking out the traitors. I rather enjoyed seeing their dead bodies hanging. <laughs> Scoop Emily <laughs> tweeted in to say, own goes to the waif for calling out Arya's short list. Hashtag maybe there is a second page. Mm. And Samantha, I don't know, own to the mother effing beautiful scenery in this show. Did anyone else half expect to see Gimli, Legolas, and Aragorn running in the distance during joy game of thrones lord of the rings crossover 2k16 <laughs> question mark toss me johanna go- that's not the, even the hardest part johanna on facebook says own to no one for finally taking the wave by surprise in their fights and another to whomever invented dramamine amen poor sam but little sam now has hair that's yeah. cute so cute um carla oh, this is just Carla. <laughs> just Carla. Um, Carla on Facebook. John, do what you want. Wear it. Burn it. My watch has ended. P.S. My very first own. Welcome. After listening since the beginning. Smiley face. Cool. Christopher nice, Clow Carla. on Facebook. Or sorry, Christopher Clow on Twitter. Own to Helen Reed for having Ned's back. Literally. <laughs> and and having back. Arthur Dane's back. And, yeah. mm. <laughs> and <laughs> at Letty Librarian, Own goes to Lord Snow because his last act of the Lord Commander was to pass sentence and then execute it. His watch is done. And Campbell Parrish on Twitter, Own goes to Tyrion for trying to get a casual conversation going with his coworkers. <laughs> Hashtag the struggle is real. Jack, yes, it is. It is. Jack Sauer, Ed owned John when he said, quote, that's funny. Are you sure that's still you in there? Jad on Twitter, own to those Cersei trial by combat hints. We all know what's coming. Hashtag Clegane Bowl. Hashtag get hype. Get hype. Angela Birmingham on Facebook uh, pours a little out for Shaggy Dog. Aw, the most badass wolf in Westeros after Nymeria. <laughs> <laughs> Forget about ghosts. Who needs ghosts? Jerome, or... my own goes to Ollie's ugly dead bloated face. Bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia. Man. Meredith Lewis. Owned to Lena Tyrell for throwing some shade at Cersei and Jamie. Hashtag twincess. Simple. To the point. Joshua Fought. Owned to Rickon for being the tallest kid in second grade. Hashtag he has giant's blood in him. Hashtag Asha. And Kelly Marks. <laughs> owned to Arya for finally making progress with her House of Black and White training. And through an awesome montage, no less. Hashtag let's get down to business. Hashtag I'll make a faceless man out of you. Vincent Andrea Casse owned Alan Reed for saving Ned's prepubescent ass. 
<laughs> well, he should have been older, but he was prepubescent. <laughs> yeah. Stabbing a guy from behind is shameful, but you get to use two swords. True. Hashtag General Grievous. Hashtag Sir Arthur Dang. Hashtag Tease of Joy. <laughs> hashtag Get Back in That Vision Cripple. Oh, man. Oh. Uh, Annabelle H. tweeted in to say that tiny terrified fart on the small council chamber. Hashtag Squeaky Bum Time. <laughs> That's the first time that hashtag's been written ever. And it won't be the last. John Webster. Own to Sir Gregor for that horrifying head turn he gives Jamie after his insult. Hashtag scary shit. <laughs> and of course, quote, my watch is ended. It's a good moment. Christy Engel Wooster. I love this one. Melisandre, get to work on Shaggy Dog. Please. <laughs> Please. He's only mostly dead. Corey Rain tweeted in my own ghost of David and Dan for playing the tip game with the audience with the Tower of Joy. <laughs> Hashtag just a tip. Hashtag just to see how it feels. <laughs> Um, on Twitter Elizabeth Bird says own goes to Ned's hairstyle which apparently hasn't changed at all in decades now that's what I call dedication Jay Ducharme on Twitter says own to Ghost Summer and Nymeria for being the last Star Wolves alive and Aaron Conroy on Twitter the producers for having the three-eyed raven drag Bran away from the Tower of Joy when hashtag baby Jon Snow cried and then Annette on Twitter my own goes to Jon Snow my watch has ended bam Hashtag Elvis has left the building. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Jenny Barrows on Twitter owned the umbers because hashtag the North remembers. Hashtag funny how he didn't kneel. Hashtag Bolton bloodbath 2K16. <laughs> there you go. It will make me laugh every time. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime someone uses 2K16, it's still funny. I read that guy's name is Shitty Monster. <laughs> That'd be a good handle. <laughs> That's funny. Skitty. <laughs> And uh, Raven says, own goes to Shaggy Dog for my heart breaking when I saw what the Umbers did. Hashtag add to the list. Hashtag stop killing direwolves. Please. Hashtag Oathbreaker. And Michelle, own goes to the hashtag High Sparrow for making the king completely forget about his still imprisoned wife. Hashtag <laughs> Mama's Boy. Hashtag Olena's back in town. Na na na. Ev. Own goes to Ollie for going out like the bitch he is. <laughs> Jeez. Gosh, I'm getting all the Ollie hate owns. Uh, I wouldn't Jared, that one out. Jared Kozal. Jared Kozal. Own goes to John's epic final line. Instantly iconic. His watch is ended. Now his war begins. Get to Winterfell. Get to the chopper. Joel Fritz writes, Own to Arya for confessing her love and hate relationship for the hound to the waif. Like we didn't know, right? Hashtag a girl was confused. L. Dunarino, undone 21, to John, his own, for making me enjoy a child's eyes pop out of his head. Hashtag conflicted. Hashtag my grandma wouldn't like this. Same. <laughs> ben Lara, my own goes to Torrance. Uh, my own goes to Torment Giants Bane for knowing the God's dick sizing chart. Hashtag whoa there, big fella. Justin from Brooklyn. Own to Cersei for letting it be known that no unwashed beggar shall speak her name negatively and go unpunished. Hashtag queen of petty. Yeah, right. Queen of petty. Brandon Say, Mr. Crimson, 99 on Twitter, owned to the actor playing Ned for obviously spending hours watching tapes of Sean Bean to copy his voice perfectly. Now it ends. Brett Atkinson tweeted in to say, own goes to the Dawn Equal Lightbringer crowd. Looks like Ned will come down from Tower of Joy with baby snow and a flaming sword. What? I like the that. Fuck. Matt at Frost Kaisers says, fuck Ollie, fuck Ramsey, fuck all the gods, <laughs> fuck all of them. Just like Davos said, 
My own ghost is Shaggy Dog. R.I.P. <laughs> That's very direct and to the point. Okay, I'm Ethan scared. Ethan tweeted in to say their own ghost to Kyburn for being the creepy old man offering candy to children. Hashtag ew. Hashtag skin won't. <laughs> hashtag skin won't stop crawling. Kyburn's candy corner. <laughs> Matt Lydon. <laughs> Onto whoever set up that sick pulley system at Castle Black. <laughs> yeah, right. And Manny Amini said, I present to you my three owns, which is pretty badass. They got really creative Yeah, they're here. pretty swaggy. And they go to Grandmeister Pycelle for being totally forthright and not holding anything back with the small council. <laughs> Hashtag wears his fart on his sleeve. <laughs> Ollie for not having any last words despite being given ample opportunity to speak. Hashtag way to leave us hanging. And Sam Altarly for being less concerned about the fate of humanity than he is about Gilly and little Sam. Hashtag doesn't matter, had sex. Still counts. <laughs> Jeff Lightfoot Perfect. on Twitter, own to whoever talks to Tom and last. You now have control, his weak little mind, and King's Landing. Hashtag mom loves you, blah, blah, blah. True that. True that. <laughs> Liz Flynn on Twitter, Brand is about to get owned by the year-end cumulative exam. Hashtag you must learn everything. Hashtag taskmaster raven. Hashtag no joy. Yeah. No joy for you. This will be on the um, midterm. Daniel... <laughs> Grunk on Twitter, own goes to Hall and Reed. This is non-negotiable. All of their owns are blasphemous. <laughs> <laughs> and at Missy Riviera on Twitter, my own goes to John and his LA face with an Oakland booty. Hashtag baby got back. G <laughs> uh, Cooper on Twitter, how can you not give a big fat own to Sir Arthur fucking Dane? Hashtag crazy swords. Yeah. Uh, good point. Sir Danforth on Twitter owned to Bran for his sweet, sweet time altering talking. Sure, that won't come into play again. Dot, dot, dot. Hodor. Lara Hanby on Twitter owned goes to the training montage that was Arya's path to becoming no one. Hashtag Rocky theme music. Hashtag Waif not so smug. And DK on Twitter owned goes to Sir Gerald Hightower. Got cut out of Tower of Joy, but was still mentioned at the small council in hashtag Oathbreaker. Noel Bear Pig. <laughs> own goes to Jamie's casual what the fuckness towards Zombie Gregor. In Tim's. Own to Varys for his top Doctor Evil impression. <laughs> uh, Geek A. Marie writes, my very first own has to be Davos shutting the red woman down as soon as she started talking about the hashtag prince that was promised. Real talk. Sketch UK on Twitter. Own to Mace Tyrell's goatee for proving that not every man with a goatee is an evil mastermind. <laughs> hashtag or has a backbone. <laughs> hashtag man up Mace. Chloe Paika writes, own to Shaggy Dog for giving me more feels than many of the on-screen deaths. Hashtag how dare you hashtag dire wolf feelings hashtag ghost kills ramsey 2k16 i'm sensing a consensus of <laughs> chris martin says own to rick and stark for being as tall as hodor and we thought brand got bigger hmm. jennifer at jenny girl 1019 tweeted in my own is Varys talking in front of the throne put him in front of any throne and it's television gold True. Daniela Harker owned to Lady Olena's phenomenals. Ass. Phenomenal ass. <laughs> 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 phenomenal ass. Uh, owned to her phenomenal ass, ass and phenomenal ass. Uh, you're not the queen because you're not married go. to the king. I know it gets confusing in your family. <laughs> and the second owned to the Tower of Joy scene tease. Love that hint that the old stories Brand thinks he knows might not be too reliable. Mm -hmm. Hashtag Howland for the win. Mm -hmm. Hashtag promise me. Momo 
says, my own is for Shaggy Dog because he must have put up a good fight. Aww. Hashtag the pack survives. Mm-hmm. At Chandral TM on Twitter says, own to Tormund for using the resurrection as an opportunity to casually check the size of John's pecker. Hashtag no homo. Hashtag <laughs> three inches of snow. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> a big night. <laughs> Sophie K underscore eight on Twitter. Anti own to whoever butchered Shaggy Dog. Hashtag Ghost Goes Ramsey 2K16. Oh, got to cancel uh, school. Got three inches of snow. <laughs> <laughs> slow motion, right? On Twitter, my own goes to the Godfather of Marine. Amazing to see Varys in action. The man was cold and calculating. Hash, hashtag mm-hmm. the whisper whisper. I like that. Yeah. Uh, Brendan B. Fish on Twitter. My own goes to Helen Reed for prison shiving the greatest night in Westeros. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag yes. check your six stain. Hashtag Ollie is too rim shot. <laughs> and Darwin Eseb on Twitter. Own goes to Brand for possibly discovering he can change the past. Hashtag butterfly effect. At Epis Moss on Twitter. My own goes to the production design team for putting a sunrise on the hilt of Sir Arthur Dane's great sword hashtag oathbreaker Joshua morgan owned brand for being the voice of the old gods quote maybe or maybe he heard the wind hashtag who do you think sends the wind if not the gods boy whoa bob capuccia my new band's name is hanging ollie i'll listen <laughs> yeah we we expect an ep Dan Furmage, my own goes to Grey Worm for attempting small talk with Tyrion. So dull, but A for effort. Hashtag keep failing. Hashtag patrol talk. Hashtag unsullied stories. Michael Chavone, I guess to the mountain for making either Mace or Pycelle fart from fear. Hashtag squeeze the cheese. <laughs> Two owns left. <laughs> Michael, what the hell, man? <laughs> DB Trader, own to the writers for bringing Ned's legendary honor into perspective, setting up for the ultimate deception. Hashtag every move counts and every own counts, okay? This is the last one of this. Uh, just get, This is the last own. The last one. Akash Singh on Twitter writes... My own goes to Eric for Kyborg's Candy candy Corner. Oh! Yes. Which is pretty much the best thing I've ever heard. So you guys, okay. Check out the Facebook page. Yeah, check out the Facebook page. It's Kyborg's Candy Corner, but with all cues, okay? There's a lot of content with a cue there. Eric, you got an own, buddy. I got an own, you guys. You and Hannah so far this season. Oh man! You do deserve it. Oh, that was now I have an to come up with a menu. Creation. That's that's really the <laughs> oh do. god yes please Eric come up with a menu prices, and I've got to occasionally post over there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Please, we have, we have seven likes. Can I say, guys? We have mm-hmm. seven mm-hmm. seven people who aren't us like that, and I want to see those numbers double at the very least 14. by next episode. <laughs> I want yeah. fourteen people to like Kyburn's Candy Corner on Facebook. I promise to be good to you if you're good to me. Um, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that's what Kyburn says to the kids. So, hey, so thanks to all of you guys for writing in your own. Oh, awesome! Uh, Sixteen again. pages of our Google Doc. I mean, come on, it's like coldies for all your cold needs <laughs> or diabetes. If you no, guys don't get what diabetes. we're talking about when we when we're talking about coldies, uh, if you subscribe to our Patreon feed at Patreon.com/slash Q. We have a bunch of random shit on there. We have we make another podcast called A Squad of Ice and Fire. Uh, it's Hannah's favorite podcast. Mm-hmm. She Ever. listens to a lot of podcasts, and it's her favorite podcast. Spoiler alert: she's on it. I wonder why she likes it so <laughs> much. Judged, <laughs> judged. Yeah. And we have a bunch of uh, like old videos, and they're they're painted like they're they're pretty big featurettes on some past conventions and stuff. And they're uh, really funny. 
they're they're ridiculous is what they Watching are this, the rain in orlando yeah this one time we were standing by magic castle in orlando eric and i and he was telling me how he should turn this river that was drained into an x games skate park part uh, i, I or forgot for like the, about that i forgot for the next so x game. hard and like, about x that. games tweeted you like looks like said something like yeah that's a great idea yeah. when you like tweeted the picture of it they did that was in disney that was yeah yeah they yeah that was so fun. that's fun. So if you want to support the show that way and look at all that other stuff for fun as well, mm-hmm. it's there. Patreon.com slash Q. Get hype. Please get hype. Get hype. Get owns. Get owns. To all who have sent us their owns, they've unlocked the code. They've discovered how it is done. But uh, let us clear things up for, for you. If you do not know, it's very simple. All you've got to do to send us your owns after every aired episode is tweet at us at Game of Owns on Twitter. On Facebook, you can scroll upon our Facebook wall, facebook.com slash gameofowns, or you can email us, guys, contact at gameofowns.com, three ways, three ways, three heads of the dragon, three ways to send us owns. That's right. And one other way that you can also get in touch with the show is through iTunes. It's most likely the way you listen to the show, although there are a few other options to listen, but... uh, iTunes is the place where you can also leave us a rate and review in the month of May. Nothing less than five stars is acceptable when you rate the show and your reviews are important any time of year, but this time of year in particular, just because uh, the season is in full swing and there are others out there who are looking for a little bit more Game of Thrones in their life. And you know, by you providing your feedback and your thoughts on the show, it uh, keeps us in that... Uh, iTunes mix. So uh, when people go searching for Game of Thrones, we uh, we pop up. So of course, we do appreciate it. We love hearing not just from you, but from people who are listening to the show for the first time and have found us on iTunes. So head on over there and leave us a five-star rate and review or else. I want to see Pycelle and Kyburn just have a fist fight. Because you know the Pycelle would be so angry. It would be like punching a dusty old book. Did you see him in the small council? He was just like, again, just talking shit on Kyber. He's like, and by the way, like I don't really trust what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. And we're really excited for Sunday. Book of the Stranger um, is going to bring, like, we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, Book of the Stranger. It's gonna, what, what, what's going to happen? But Littlefinger is back. Finally. Among all those other things that we're looking forward to. And uh, like on most Sundays, like on all Sundays during the season, it's going to be chaos online. I just am a little bit surprised. Like I know that the whole world or, or at least a, a, a piece of the TV watching world is watching TV on Sunday night to watch Game of Thrones release. But I've never seen anything like it, uh, how crazy it gets and just how, f- how everyone shares. And it's how everyone's just telling their own jokes. And it's also funny. So uh, if you haven't joined us there. Yeah, please do this week because it's going to be a lot of fun and we get to start this whole thing over again. We get to record another episode directly after it airs. We'll be crying, singing, laughing. And I think probably uh, as we get to the halfway point of the season, I think we're going to have to check on our death pools. Uh, oh, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. That sounds only, fair. Uh, only fair. I know that with our episode predictions of the episode titles, we did. Mm, okay. <laughs> is generous maybe Pan is the most yeah, right. generous port person yeah. that I know <laughs> someone will break their oath maybe <laughs> thank you again for joining us good night bye